Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us for the conclusion of a very interesting interview, one that I know is blessing a lot of people out there right now that may be in abusive relationships. Our guest is Angela Carter. This is the conclusion of the interview that we started yesterday. Now, Angela grew up in Barbados, and she left Barbados to get a better life in the United States. But before long, she found herself married in an abusive relationship while in the military. Now, the abuse was one thing. But when she was finally able to extricate herself from that abusive relationship, she went on. She's now thriving in upstate New York. She's a pastor, community advocate. Uh, She's been there for over 30 years. She's won and been awarded numerous recognitions. But she's also the author of a great book that talked about things she wished she could have talked with with her mother. It's called Letters to My Mama. All the Things I Never Said. And we've been discussing this book. We've just been discussing her background in this book. And that's where we're going to pick up the remainder of this interview. We're going to back up just a little bit uh, to talk about the abusive relationship a little bit, just so you know the background. And then we're going to talk about her book, because this is a great book. And you really need to drop down the show notes and click the links there and get your copy of it, especially if you have been in or are now in an abusive relationship or know someone who is. Amen? Okay, let's join this interview already in progress. At what point did you decide that, you know, enough's enough and and I'm leaving? Well, I had made three different attempts to leave. And, you know, with um, domestic violence, it's such a complex situation, you know, you leave and then, you know, and having three small children Mm. and, you know, not having the financial, um, being in a financial situation. So I left three times, but the last time when the last episode of abuse I had, which was a life and death situation, that's when I decided I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. I have to leave because I could see destruction. I could see that if I don't get out of this situation, I'm going to eventually lose my life. So I got enough courage and I left, um, took my kids, um, and I never went back to Mississippi. Amen. So this all happened in Mississippi. Is that after he got out of the army or something like that? Uh, Yes. After, um, we, um, I wanted to make the army my career because I love being in the army. After yeah. I was there, I love it. It became part of me, and I, I didn't have any issues being a soldier at all. So um, he, of course, convinced me since we were having the kids, um, you know, both of us don't need to be in the military. You know, if you get out, I will stay in. And I look at it now, and I smile. 
But it, after I got out, maybe a year after I got out, he gave up my career. He decided, well, I'm not going to stay in the military. Amen. So, yeah. so we um, were um, out of the military and we worked for a while as um, civilian cooks for the military. Mm-hmm. But then my my husband, you know, since he was not in the military anymore, not having those strict guidelines, you know, where there was the uh, monthly testing, you know, mm-hmm. he did not want to live up to their expectations. And that was the reason he got out. So uh-huh. we were, yes, when, you know, when you're in a situation, you don't see it. But once you get away from it, you been, we begin to, you know, refocus and reflect back on it. You can really see the, yeah. the you know, real purpose because mm-hmm. number one, he was jealous because my career um, was advancing. I was going to be a sergeant in such a short time. And that was one one reason. And the second reason was that he um, convinced me to get out was that jealousy. And when he got out was because he did not want to uh, abide with the uh, regulations of the army. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, how many children did you have? I have three, three girls. OK. And were they subject to any of the domestic violence as well? Um, the two um youngest they weren't, but my oldest daughter she experienced, you know, um, uh, not a whole lot, but some of the domestic violence. Yeah, amen, amen. So, how did you end up in New York? <laughs> Once in my life has so many different transitions. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> Same way we moved. Uh, my kids can't believe that we moved. I was in the army 12 years and we moved 13 times in 12 years. <laughs> once I, once I left my husband, I went back, I moved back to Barbados because I felt going back to Barbados, I needed that, that space. I needed healing and I need to get as far away from him because I always felt if I was in the United States, for some reason, he'll always be tracking me. Mm. So I went back to Barbados and I stood there for two years. Okay. While I was in Barbados, I had a cousin who was a chaplain at Marcy Correctional Institute um, facility. I'm sorry. He was living in upstate New York in Utica, where I am now. So his wife, who was my first cousin, came and convinced me to come back to the United States. She was like, well, you need to come back to the United States. What are you doing in Barbados? You're not doing anything here. (laughs) You need need to come back to the United States. You have all the opportunities. You have everything. And then she said, do you know how many people will love the opportunity you have to be able to visit the United States? You You know, so she started talking to me. And then. After she convinced me, I came here uh, with her. And as soon as I got here, I was settled. Then they transferred her husband from Utica. So I ended up staying in Utica and then went closer to New York City. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So that's how you got to New York. And and you've been there now 
for over 30 years, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're involved in the community. And you know, tell us a little bit about what you're doing up there and what you started doing and how you've progressed through there. And then I want to transition to the book. Okay. I, when I came um, to um, Utica, of course, I had, I was starting over and I um, got my first job as a um, teacher's aide at Head Start program. So from that job, then I started attending a church and I started out a very small Pentecostal church. And I started out there as being just a, a member. But as time went went on, my leadership skills um, showed up. And I ended up being um, the, a Sunday school teacher, being a youth leader, and then eventually being called into ministry by my pastor. So, and from that, I um, became an assistant pastor. And then I am now the pastor. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Same church? Um, not the same church, okay. a different church, yes. Amen. 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 And What's the name um, of your church? The church is Believers Miracle Deliverance Ministries. Amen. 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 And in Utica. And that's 207 Eagle Street, Utica, New there York. You go. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's talk about your book. And and why did you write this book? Letters to I'm going to try to do this again. My mama. Yes. Right? All of, yeah. all the things I never said. Why did you write this book? And why now? I wrote the book to help others to have my um my story encourage someone. And the greatest motivation factor came when COVID nineteen happened. And when COVID-19 happened and everything was shut down and people were, you know, being in the same um, area for eight hours a day and the abuse escalated, even among clergy, among um, women of God. And I was receiving because I'm also an intercessor. So I was receiving different calls from women all over the country requesting praying, you know, and 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 relating some really horrible incidents and which I was shocked at. And that's why, you know, with the abuse, it um, affects everyone. There's nobody that's exempt. Um, it affects all nationalities, ethnic, education, low um, economic, high, all across the spectrum. So when I started getting these calls and, you know, I believe the last call I got was from a, a woman in um, Rochester. And when she told me her story, it, it just got next to me. And I said, you know, I need to really write my story and let other women know that I have been in this situation, but they don't have to stay in that situation. They can come out of that situation. There's hope. They don't have to be ashamed like I was ashamed, but they have a voice and someone will listen to them. And also all the resources that are out there to help them now. So that was the reason I wrote my book. And just for clarification, explain the title, the, the Ma Mama part. I could see letters to my mother, letters to my mama. Yeah. But you explain the 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 name there. 
I um, letters to my mama. I, I first wrote the book and I said, let me, and I reflect back um, on my mother and the close relationship we had, but I've never told her any of the, you know, deep details. She um, was a woman of God. She had discernment. She knew something was not, you know, okay. She knew there was something was up, but I never told her in depth the things that I released in my book. And one of the reasons um, at the time when I was going through the abuse, um, this was like in the early 80s, and um, my mom was still in Barbados and there was no cell phones, there was no um, technology today like we have. And I just felt like if I had wrote my mother a letter like that, it would have been devastating for her. I think it would have broken her heart because here I am so many miles, the distance, you know, she cannot look at me. She really can't see. So if I'm telling her, you know, um, well, I got a black eye, you know, or, you know, uh, my, my, my husband ran over my foot with a car. He took my money. Um, that would have been just so devastating for her. So, and I'm being the youngest of her children. I could just imagine the pain and the frustration and her, you know, not being able to come and get to me because her first response was, I have to rescue my child. But at distance, you know, that was one of the reasons I never said that's the things I I never said. Wow. Amen. And she passed before this book was published? Yes. My mom, my mom passed before the book was published. And this was your first book, right? This is my first book. Amen. And as you've been helping other victims, you know, what signs do you share with them to be watching out for? You know, control, power, you know, what 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 signs are you telling them to be aware of? Um the first sign I told them isolation. Once you're um uh, abusers start isolating you from the people that you love, the people that you're close to. Um, that's one red sign. When he embarrasses you in front of other people or make fun of you or um, shut you down, your opinions are not um, important. Um, when you try to mic- micromanage your whole life, that's another red flag. Or um, when He's telling you how to dress, you know, what to wear, what not to wear. All of those are, you know, red flags that I I encourage them to look after. And, you know, most of the times we think that, oh, you know, I'm in love. You know, this guy loved me. I'll get better. And um, but actually, though, that is not love because love does not hurt. Love does not control. Um. It's equal when, you know, he tries to call you every second. Where are you? What are you doing? Or texting you, you know, um, what are you doing? Or even um, control all your calls. You can't talk to your mother. You know, if you have a relationship with your mother or even a friend, and then all of a sudden you find that um, you're not free to have that conversation or call as much as you would like to. That that is some up some some red flags that you have to look for. And, and so it's not just physical abuse, but psychological abuse as well, right? 
Yes. Yeah, no visible marks. Can't tell anything's wrong. You probably got a smile on your face when out in public and and all that yeah. as well. Yeah. And and sometimes um what happened to um the victims is based on who the abuser is, you know, because sometimes we because we love that person so much, we still want to protect them like um mm. an, an example with the church they um are some women who husband are abusive but they're leaders they're pastors in the church and that woman you know wants to protect his image you know he she doesn't want to destroy the congregation she doesn't want the congregation to have a bad um image at who the pastor really is so that's sometimes one one of the things that happens too Amen. Amen. Do you, do you cover these topics in your book uh, through the questions, uh, not questions, but the things that you share in your book, you're talking to your mother, uh, that someone can see themselves in this situation? I, um, I, I covered that, um, um, in the book when, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the, incidents that occur and things that happen you would never know that I was even being abused because whenever we went out we were going out at this big happy family you know so no one would have even detected that there was abuse going on with us amen 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 and how did you just make the decision one day to remove yourself and you went over it just a few seconds ago but you know, where you said, you know, enough's enough, and and you made the decision to leave. Was there prior planning? Was it just like get in the car, we're gone? Uh, you know, how how did you make that decision to make that break? Well, originally, I had asked my husband for a divorce because clearly the marriage was not working. The abuse was getting um, intensified. And I said to him one day, um, you know, we need to get a divorce. This is not working. So at first I thought that, you know, he would have been very outraged or, you know, his response was very calm, very nonchalant. And he just grabbed his car keys and he left. So at that point I was like, okay. Then he came back maybe like a half an hour later and he said to me, oh, I'm not going to give you a divorce. Um, I'm going to kill you, kill myself and kill the whole family. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, my goodness, I am really in danger now. I am. In, so I started in my mind planning a way of escape. I have to get away from this situation. So I always had my papers and that that's another um thing that I encourage women to do always have like a getaway bag you know because you don't know when the opportunities come so I always have a bag pack that you can just grab and get up so I had my attache case with all my credentials my passport all the kids passport in that one attache case so as time went by, I decided um, I'm going to have to get away. I didn't know when, I didn't know how, but I knew that I had to get out of this situation. So um, at the very last um, incident, when um, my husband attacked me actually in my sleep and tried to kill me, 
that I got up that morning and I got the kids and I said, I'm not going back. I'm not, whatever happened, I'm not going back. And after that, I um, was able to um, get in contact with my uh, mom. And then that, there is a chapter in the book, actually, because I don't want to give away all the details right, of the book. Right, yeah. But there's a chapter in the book that details how that happened and how it came about. So at that point, I took the case. I made contact with my mom and I was able to go back to Barbados. Amen. 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 Uh, how do you recommend women should try to seek help? in these situations when, when fear like this is taking over? Well, I am so happy now that the um, domestic violence um, has a national hotline. Mm -hmm. So victims can call. There is um, someone who is this 24-7 um, advocate who would talk to them. And there are also um, safe houses, um, which they have now which I was not, you know, had the opportunity to at least go to a safe house or know anything about the safe house. But now there's so much information and so much update because this has become a national problem. They um every day they are spending money, they're um educating people and in, in, in ways to help victims who like myself need a way of escape. So um there is a, a hotline, a national hotline and there's also um, the YWCA who does a lot of work with um, battered women. And those are places that they can seek help. Amen. Amen. And let me ask you, have you ever had any experience in helping men extricate themselves from abusive relationships? Because I know the majority are women, but there are some men caught in this web of abuse too, right? They, they are. There are a lot of men that are being abused by women. Um I have not actually had the opportunity to deal with with um, too many men. And I believe the um, difference with women and men is that men um, are taught never to hit a woman. Um, men are taught to respect women. So they do not always talk about their abuse. But there are some men that go home to abusive women, women choking them, women slapping them in the faces. You know, it is it, just as equally important as the men as it is for the, the women. Yeah. But men's stories are not heard as often as women. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Back on your book for a second. Did you ever share with your mother the things you're going through at all? Or is this just something that you never discussed with her until? Well, ever. I never um discuss um the some of some of the um situations in the book, but there are some things that you know I share some you know little um bits and pieces, but never in the depth as it is in the book. Amen, amen, amen. And this is your first book. Are there any other books coming out in the near future? I'm going to wait and see how well this one does first, and then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will think about it. Amen. 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 Uh, Angela, this has been so interesting. And, and your information is definitely needed in this society that we live in today. I mean, it, in your book, Letters to My Mama, all the things I never said, it's definitely an inspirational story that a lot of people need to read. Amen. Hey, and how, so how can someone obtain a copy of this book? Is it on Amazon? Yes, it's on Amazon. 
And um, I also have um, information on my website, which is um, AngelaUCarter.com. My Facebook is Angela U. Carter Author. And my Instagram is Angela.U.Carter. Amen. Amen. And my email, which I almost forgot, is AngelaUCarter10 at gmail.com. All right. Amen. Amen. So I'll put links to this down in the show notes below. Amen. Folks, Angela lived through some things that nobody, man or woman, should go through. I mean, she went through it on her own. You don't have to. In the links below, you'll find Angela's contact information. I'll put the links to the National Abuse Hotline as well. I mean, Angela also wishes she could have had some heartfelt conversations with her best friend, her mother, but didn't. And her book, Letters to My Mama, All the Things I Never Said, says it all. I urge you, drop down the show notes right now, order your copy of Letters to My Mama, All the Things I Never Said, and do it right now. While you're thinking about it, don't wait till tomorrow because you know the devil as well as I do. He's going to try and make you forget all about it. Do it while you're thinking about it right now. Just drop down, click the link, order your book right now today. Angela, thank you for taking the time to come on the program and share with us today. I do appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Angela Carter and myself, it's passed by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org.
Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.